0: get to the point where I had to get a go file for assistance for food to feed my kids I sat in the parking lot for two hours before I could walk inside that building uh told my wife I was like I know this is the right path but I wish I was like God would give me a sign I'm doing it right or something and then the next day a IRS refund came in the mail for a decent amount that was able to take us through the next few months most people have too much pride to admit they need help and Whether it's owing $100,000 in taxes or whatever, you're not the only ones in that scenario. Even today, I guarantee you.
1: What's going on, everybody? My name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes, Thod, and you're watching and listening to the Rhymes with Odd podcast. Today, we're talking real estate, um, local community stuff, building teams, leadership, all the great stuff with Shane Torres. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So, um, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. We'd mentioned earlier, um, we had Kelsey Russell on in episode four, mm-hmm. just to talk about real estate in general. Yep. This, this conversation I think will be a little bit more unique and a little different. So I'm excited to kind of mm-hmm. dig in, um, to some of the stuff you've done with your team, uh, the real estate industry in general, and then also some of the investment stuff you've done on the commercial side, as well as being an author writing a book. So, yep. um, that'll be really exciting. So
0: for people that don't know who you are, can you just give a brief introduction of like who you are and what you do? Yep. So Shane Therese, Um I am a broker owner of REMAX Concepts. I still manage a team. Um, I help run all of our other companies as well. have married almost 25 years, three kids, live in Polk City, been there for almost 17, no, actually over 17 years. So
1: that is awesome. Um, and being from Polk City as well, that's mm-hmm. how I ran into you as well. And mm-hmm. I know you're you have the real estate side, but you mentioned some other businesses. What other businesses are you involved in?
0: Yeah. So, um, within the, our brokerage, we have uh, property management. We have our own insurance company, um, our own settlement company. Um, you know, we have our own, I personally have my own development company. We just developed and built a daycare childcare facility. Daycare is a bad word in that industry. So child care facility. Is that yeah. the one on north side of town? It, no, I, no, no, no. That's a, um, that's a friend's. Okay. No, ours is in Elkhart. Oh, okay. So still North Polk Schools. Gotcha. So um, that's just some examples of the businesses.
1: Sure. I think it's Lakeview, right, is the one on north side of town? Yeah, Lakeview is north side of town. Ironically, yeah. I was just shooting a video for Eiley Fabrications north of town, mm-hmm. and we were on the owner's. Uh, farm yeah. or
0: her, uh, the, the Feldman's farm.
1: Yes. The wife that runs the daycare, her husband was our yeah. talent for the video. So it's yeah, yeah. kind of a fun, fun tie in. So, yep. um, so interestingly enough, I mean, most of your businesses are in the real estate industry. It sounds they're, like,
0: um, yeah, they're, they're, there's an association. Um, I tend to stick to what I know, you know, and I know real estate in all different, uh, fashions. Um, I've tried stocks. I'm not good at them. So I like to build a in a sense, control what we do. Sure, sure. Well, and I know a lot of people always say
1: invest in what you know. Mm-mm. People always give Dave Ramsey a bunch of crap because he's invested in real estate so heavily, and I'm like, that's what he had a career in. So right. why would you? Why would you go get into rare metals or some right. weird thing you don't know? like? Crypto is the thing everyone's trying to get into. It's like nope. I can't even explain to you what crypto is, does, how volatile it is. Like, why would you put all your money into that? You well, know, I would never.
0: I wouldn't touch that.
1: Sure, sure. So. Um, so for people, just to kind of get a better understanding of your background, can you take us back to when you first got into real estate and kind of the the process or progression yep. that it took your kind of career to, to get started?
0: Yeah, so I got into real estate in 2009, um, which was the bubble, you know, housing crash. Um, prior to that, I was a builder, general contractor. You know, we built, obviously, houses. We, we had framing crews, siding crews. We framed hotels, retirement centers, stuff like that. Um 2009 hit market crashed uh financially lost everything oh jeez and uh had to file chapter 7 and essentially start over in that regard and that was as a GC or were that you were already in real estate at that point I was not in real estate at that point no that was just as the building in the GC um I applied for multiple hundreds of jobs around the central or around the midwest actually didn't get any of them. I had actually already started my process to get my real estate license. Um, I actually filled my test a few times because um, I thought I knew everything. Turns out I didn't. Uh, got, I had one test left to take, which is a state test. I had to borrow I borrowed money. So I had to borrow money from my aunt to file bankruptcy because I had no money. And then I borrowed money from my father-in-law to uh, to pay my upfront dues, take the test and stuff like that. So I did figure out a – way to study for the test where I passed and then started in June of 2009.
1: Okay. So so tell me a little bit about the 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 bankruptcy. That had to
0: be would would you say that was one of your low points or one of the times oh, when Oh, you... for sure it was the lowest. Yeah, looking back um for about 90 days I was I was in in deep depression. Um prior to that, I you know, leading up to it, I was meant I was physically sick couldn't eat was getting sick all the time um I for about I said 90 days afterwards I was you know I would just randomly be sitting there and just have emotional breakdown little little key phrases or certain things didn't matter if I was in public didn't matter if I was in private I tried to stay private for the most part locked myself in my basement watching 90s reruns of tv shows um but yeah I always have said I uh I wouldn't change anything that happened because I learned a lot from it, but I would never wish it on anybody. Sure. No, I totally get that. Um, so you kind of hit your low point with this
1: bankruptcy. What made you decide to kind of, I mean, you have to restart somehow. What, what, what pushed
0: you into real estate sales compared to the building side? Um, at the time I was very bitter about the building side. Um, and it was no, I mean, it was just a perfect storm right? No one taught me. I came from a very poor upbringing. You know, I, I really didn't know finances and things like that. And, uh, you know, when you're in your mid twenties and you have all that money rolling in and no one expected it to end and it did like that. Um, it was because I was being turned down, um, for all these things. What happened was, so what got me into real push to real estate is, um, In the middle of all this, so one, my wife, um, even before I knew I was going to go into real estate, um, I'd had one of my um, breakdowns, if you will. And I'd asked her, and this was at night, if you obtain a goal and then you lose it, does it still count? And she said, what did you lose that mattered? So I did not sleep that night. I got up, I cleaned all the clothes off the Bowflex, sold it bought a year's gym membership and I started working out again. I hadn't worked out in over 10 years. Um, so I made a decision that day. I was going to do my very best to get out of the mess I was in. And um, at the end of the day, if I failed, at least I tried, right? So, you know, I was in foreclosure. I was in Chapter 7. I had couldn't afford an attorney. So um, there was a local lending institution that disputed the Chapter 7 and, uh, I could not, since I couldn't afford an attorney, I defended myself in federal court oh my gosh. over 18 months, which that was very interesting process. Um, I'm fortunate. I have a friend who's very well known attorney, criminal defense side, but you know, I'd be able to ask him a few questions here or there. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, I worked on, um, started working on the process to save my home from a foreclosure, but still not in real estate yet. um, I was actually going to be – so my aunt and uncle own a directional drilling company. So they like d- drilling under wetlands and stuff. So they got big rigs they have to drive um, – drills they have to drive all over the country. They pay for me to get a Class A CDL and get my license. I was going to go for them. Well, they, they travel nine months out of the year, right? So um, around that same time, my wife, you know – Taps me on the shoulder one night and says, hey, our, our situation's a little more complicated. We're going to have a third kid. <laughs> awesome, we'll figure it out. So right before I was supposed to leave, she said, I don't know you know, what we're going to do, but she's like, you can't be gone nine months out of the year. It's like, okay, now what? So then I went and got in. You know, I was like, I don't know anything else, but construction. I didn't know everything about real estate, but I knew enough. And I happened to drive by two primary offices one in grimes and one in uh ankeny and i happened was familiar with the one in grimes so i just called them and met with them and that turns out to be the one that location is no longer there but the company is the one i'm an owner of today so it worked out all right that's really cool yeah and and it's interesting too
1: like the 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 people i've talked to on the show and just in general, it's. People make the biggest growths personally and professionally when their back's against the wall. Mm. If you're comfortable or you're, you know, kind of got the golden handcuffs, so to speak, you're in a cushy job or you're in a cushy situation, there's never any pressure to do anything. People usually Mm. don't achieve the things they've achieved. So what do you think was the the mindset? You mentioned you had like bits of depression, kind of these panic attacks. Mm. What got you to the point when you knew like, I have to make this work? Was it the family stuff? Was it just the, I have to find the right situation Um, for me?
0: No, it was definitely the family stuff. I mean, there were points in the beginning of real estate. Like you said, you never know what you can accomplish until you have no choice but to be successful. So um, family was a huge part of it. Um, it did get to the point, and, and there was a couple of key factors that played into me being able to start different situations that my CPA did you know, years prior and being able to use that and have unemployment and things like that, which I normally would not have had. Um, I did get to the point, which I always vowed because I grew up this way, that I would never get um, have to get assistance for food or anything like that. I did get to the point where I had to get a, go file for assistance for food to feed my kids. Um, so I sat in the parking lot for two hours before I could walk inside that building. Um, and then the moment I got to where I was, I canceled immediately, you know, where I knew I could afford it. But there was one moment where we were running out of – completely out of money – and and it was just a timing thing, right? But it was, you know, I said, uh, told my wife, I was like, I know this is the right path, but I wish I was like God would give me a sign I'm doing it right or something. And then the next day, a uh, IRS refund came in the mail for a decent amount that was able to take us through the next few months. And I had mentors and stuff in the beginning that were helping me out, but I mean. I, the fact that a few people took a chance on me is is how I was able to get up and get going I had a very a friend who's still a friend today who has a construction company that allowed me to work construction for him till noon but then go do real estate after that that's crazy like so.
1: the and just seeing it, like like we mentioned the back against the wall stuff what was that first year in real estate like for you? So you go, to the, you go to the brokerage, you say, hey, can I join your mm-hmm. guy's team? Yep. What was that first year like? Because um, I know real estate is a, is a tough business if you don't really dive in head first and really dedicate to it.
0: Yep. So I sold um, one, one house, and actually maybe two, but the one I remember, all together combined, they equaled about $18,000 is the value of them. Meaning, I didn't make that. That's how much the houses were sold for. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. We're no. doing like like really small crappy they, places, they, sheds. They, or they, they were they were they were rehab properties um, that might have been condemned for a few years or whatever foreclosures. So, they sold for eighteen thousand dollars total. So by the time it was said and done, I only took. I mean i I made less than ten thousand dollars in real estate that first year um and i still was doing construction so and i plowed snow at night like i would go from plowing snow for 40 plus hours in the plow truck to um go show houses to to my clients and one of the clients that actually is still a friend today you know why like you know i would have been like i'm not like the guy just rolled out of bed and then i do, i do. so i'd show up to the the truck win a truck Was not my truck, and the plow was still on it to show the houses. So, the first year was a lot of hours. Sure, sure. For a few years, actually. Sure. Which is common for anybody. But
1: at what point did you drop the construction stuff and focus solely on real estate?
0: Yeah, so I started doing what's called BPOs, which is broker price opinions. So, you know, banks would or investors would send you a report and say, "Hey, go take." Pictures of this property give you a, um, give us an idea, so it's kind of a, a little bit more in depth market analysis, but not an appraisal. Um, and for doing so, we'll give you fifty bucks a piece. And uh, I got one day; I just got a phone call that's like, "Hey, we got all the contracts for an entire state of Iowa. How many can you handle?" And I said, "As many as you can." And I did a thousand that year. Um, so it was, it was within probably a year after starting. So by, by June of 2010, um, and like said, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to do the math, but a thousand divided by 12, that's how many BPOs I was d- doing a month and down to, I would do some, t- I was doing, at one point I was doing like 15 a day That's wild. at 50 bucks a piece. I mean... It it added up. That helped me. So that second year, I made about fifty thousand in commissions, and then fifty thousand in um, BPOs. So that was able to help get me somewhat back on track. Sure, sure. And
1: at this point, you said you had filed for bankruptcy. Did you have back taxes you had to pay, oh, or oh, fees? Oh yeah, that's
0: or... oh, oh for sure. That's another whole. That's another story. So back taxes. Yes, I owed um, around a hundred thousand dollars in 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 back taxes. Um, I was able to successfully negotiate the penalties and stuff away mm-hmm. down to around 50. And I mean – and I and I share this with people because um, it just – it lets people know that it doesn't – those types of things don't have to cripple you. So I actually got those um, taxes all paid off in 2019. So even though I could have done it sooner, so my thoughts were – the the interest the IRS was charging was like two percent, like you can't get a loan for that. Sure. So then I was able to make keep those payments up, but yet invest in doing other things and grow. And then in 2019, I, I was trying to refinance my house, and uh, wanted that 2.75 interest, and to do that, I had to take care of the pay pay off the rest of that.
1: So, but yes,
0: um, so I had that, um, I had an, I had a, so I mentioned getting, um, disputed by one of the local lending institutions and defending myself in court. Um, they were suing me for like 380,000, something like that. And the court tossed it all out by like 30,000 to me. That was a win. Sure. Um, even though I didn't agree with it. So myself and the institution had a, basically a standoff for almost 10 years. Holy cow and uh and then I finally I paid that off in 2019 as well. That's
1: awesome. So yeah. so we're talking through the through the timeline here. we have you you had your first couple of years in real estate. you finally got to the point where you're doing it full time. Mm-hmm. At what point was there like a a switch that flipped that got you to the point where you were growing your own book of business and you decided that you wanted to kind of branch out and start managing people and kind of grow your own brokerage.
0: Yeah. Well, the brokerage thing didn't happen right away, but that was 2012. So what was happening is I was just spending so much time. I felt like, you know, which a lot of people do, I was stuck to my phone and I was like, there's got to be a better way. So I started looking at what it would look like if I had a team someday. So I literally started calling myself a team right away, even though I had no one else. Um, and knowing where I wanted to go, got a Google number, started putting some stuff into place, added an assistant, another assistant and kind of morphed from there. 2014, um, I bought into, uh, the actual, the brokerage, which we had, you know, different partners then. And then knowing, cause what happened was I was like, I Got a level of success fairly quickly. You know, I think I have something people would be able to benefit from and listen to and be able to help guide them. Um, And so that's what started from the team standpoint. But then, like, I think I can do even more. And so I looked at it from a brokerage standpoint. um, And in 2014 is when I bought into the brokerage. That's cool. So and what's the brokerage called? REMAX Concepts. Okay. So back then, I don't remember how many offices we had, but we had less than like 90 agents.
1: Okay, and how many? How big is it today?
0: Uh, Today we have 515 agents in three states. Okay, and there's is there an ownership group that you're a part of? Yep, yep. So um, I have two partners, um, Matt and Oo. There was four, but um, he's in a different. He's still he's still with us. He's one of our um, principal. He's our principal broker and Lance, and uh, still does his day to day. But he's at a different point in his career. He just wanted to know. That everything was taken care of for his retirement so
1: sure that's awesome so you have there's these three print and this is there's just three me them. being green about this setup yeah. it's you have your three principal owners and then all the agents underneath of you do they all they have um, I would say like a, like a team leader or like a real
0: estate office are, manager or how yeah, is yeah there's a manager at every office um, or in some of, uh, some of the outlying areas we might have a market manager so like we just um acquired um cedar falls waterloo area so there's three offices up there cedar falls waterloo and waverly so we have one person that oversees that entire market but yeah there's a local leader at every level okay so y-
1: in terms of your territory or your region is it polk city and in re- those areas oh, or no, we're, it's, we're... it's
0: all of them i oversee i hope oversee all of them okay just it, what's crazy is like last week you know the hurricane we have one, we have an office in florida so the hurricane's hitting florida so I'm communicating with the local leader there on and hurricane prep, and how you know what to do and shut down the office and things like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, no, there's no no specific from the three of us standpoint. Our head our head staff, there's no like territories we oversee at all. Now, when you're looking at it from my, um, you know, team standpoint, we we'll go within a 60 mile radius of the metro. Obviously, we are very. Because of um, Polk City, we're very heavy on the north side of Polk County. So Polk City, Johnston, Ankeny, Grimes, uh, even Granger. Um, but yeah, I don't have a specific territory. Sure, sure. So when you bought into the business,
1: did you were you at that principal level already? Or, or were you like no. a, a manager of an area? Like how it, did you ascend it, to that? It point? was
0: basically like a manager of an area. So I was um, Polk City, then Ankeny, then Aims. Um and then... Just things fell into place, and the prior owner decided to sell. Uh, and again, there was four of us at the time. Um, and we said, "Yeah, sure." And that was twenty sixteen. Okay, so
1: you've been at, at this point doing this for five year five six years now
0: at, at the, the owning the company. Yeah. Sure, sure,
1: that's really cool. Um, so I think, and this this is unique with your perspective because obviously you run your whole real estate team. There's that whole mm. business, but you also do other things outside of that. So right. Talk me through kind of the other companies that you opened that were kind of supplement, not supplementary, but
0: complementary businesses to the things you're doing. Um, they all started as ideas. So our agents would always have an idea and we look at it and be like, okay, we think we can do that. So I mentioned some of them earlier. So Settlement Company, that was that was way back when. So that was part of the purchasing of, of, purchasing of the company in 2016. But then um, we have our own real estate school. That was an idea from an agent. We have our own marketing company that was an idea from an agent and that started out as something small to now it's it's quite big actually um, but it's exclusive to our agents. we don't offer it outside of our company. Um, insurance again that started as an idea. From an agent so we have in then so property do, do you guys
1: for the for the insurance side is it home homeowners insurance or is it like agent uh, okay. like business insurance for Every, agents
0: everything everything but crop and land okay like raw grant like farmland we don't do farmland okay do but you guys
1: do you guys um have it's obviously like if an agent's talking to a prospective buyer and they need insurance for whatever they have. Mm -hmm. Like it's just an obvious upsell, cross-sell to other product.
0: Yeah. We just, yeah. All we, all we ever do is provide them options. We don't, we don't heavily push our companies on, on, on our people. Um, We just are, we, we get them in front of them. And at that point, it's up to the people who lead that company to, to sell them on why they should use them. Sure. One on the marketing side too, even
1: just that um, I think of like real estate in general, like you have to have. People to go take your pictures, people to do your online ads or whatever other slew of things you do.
0: At what point did you guys bring that in-house and how did that kind of help you? It was tiered. Um, It started out just as little pieces, you know, customized, you know, product, flyers, whatever, social media ads. And then um, we weren't actually even looking at doing the in-house photography until, well, 2019. Um, Someone was like, hey, because what happened is was people were just struggling to find someone. They're like, we're big enough. Why can't we have our own? Mm -hmm. It's not a bad idea. Sure. So um, from there, we've added um, um, social media management, website design. I mean, there's literally – there's nothing we can't do within the marketing company. Sure. That's
1: really exciting though because then you have – like if another venture comes up, hey, we need – Marketing collateral website bill, yep. photography like you don't have to go and find a vendor you can just do it and just execute quickly yeah and so. they
0: do they manage they ma- they manage all the companies I just mentioned that, that Concepts owns or is overseas sure
1: sure that's exciting um, I think and that's a, kind of a good parlay into some of the other stuff that you're doing which is the mm-hmm. the commercial development side so yeah. you're you're mainly doing residential real estate with the with Remax. Talk me through how you got into commercial and, and the reason for doing well, that.
0: Well, I've always done commercial real estate, but it, it's we're, it's heavy residential, even though that's getting, you know, changing over the years. Um, how we got into commercial is actually the the Polk City building. Um, I just wanted a new office in town and couldn't come to an agreement with anyone else. So I looked at that land and was like, I think we can do it, you know, a good building for and cost less and we did. Um from there, again, um I look at the situation, you know, we had a good size one we did in Joaquin. Um the the intent was to find a home for our Waukee office and we did. It took up fifty percent of the building. We leased out the other fifty percent. We ended up selling the building. Um we own our uh, and this is actually a purchase but we own our our grand office, which is a uh, historic mansion. Um, that was, you know, as far as the buying standpoint. Um, from there, just opportunities that presented themselves and opened up. You know, we so said we just did the child care facility in Elkhart, um, which is um, so we, development company, and then we own the child care facility as well, or the, the business as well. So um, we have a, a director in place that runs it in the day to day. Um, So anything we've ever done started as an idea from someone and just looked at it and seeing if it made sense and could we do something with it. So the most recent one is, again, in Polk City. Um, We we just poured the foundation for a new building over there that's going to house a restaurant, a Duck Donuts, and then it's got two empty bays left that we will fill and – I will have interest in the building, the restaurant, and the duck donuts. And I don't know what else is going to go in the other two bays, but possibly those if it makes sense. Sure. So by saying you have interest in those, do you have ownership
1: in any of the – or other – By interest, I mean I have ownership in all of them. Okay. That's exciting because I think that's really the the side that a lot of people don't think about is like, oh, I have a brick-and-mortar business. I just need a place to put it. Mm -hmm. But if you own the land, develop it, um, you know – can lease out the space then if you decide to sell the property later on like there's so much leverage you can get from all those different things um in terms of like more more cash flow different ways that you're monetizing the property right. not just the own the land someone builds on it whatever Right. cuz i think you'd mentioned you had a you have a development partner for that is that one of your own companies or is that a like
0: gc that does all of your commercial stuff for you B- actually both mm-hmm. um so in that particular project um I have a partner in the development company who also happens to be the VP of the general contracting company that we build with, um, and has been a close friend for 15 years. So, so it's, it's all of the above. And then, um, the, the, most of them we have a GC cause I've got everything, stuff I'm doing every single day. I don't have time to GC all different jobs. Um, we have the old church building there in town, too, that we're remodeling, which is a much bigger undertaking and taking way longer than I had hoped for. Um, that will turn into a – that's my wife's project. Okay. Um, <laughs> and and me, that's her passion projects. That that will turn into a youth center, game lounge, but not like arcade games, like things they have to put their hands down and actually use their head.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, because right now that that's on the square, right, in Pulp Yeah, City? it's just off the square about a block. Okay. And that'll be –
0: so it's currently – it's a church and you're converting it well, to – Well, it was a church, then a funeral home, and now it's being converted into – the main floor is a youth game lounge in the basement is a community room. Okay. Yeah, because there's not a lot of like community gathering places, just Luana not a Bank. Ton. And so you have a Luana and the new bank will have one. Ours is going to be different though. Um, most of those bank – the most of those um, community centers are the same. Ours is going to look like the inside of a house, kitchen, living room just gotcha. like a house. And will you partner
1: with like local youth groups or like what types of kids will be coming through there um, or is it just like an open place to It's you- it's just open.
0: It's like just for like right now cuz the 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 that group between um daycare and junior high they can't drive yet. They don't have no place to go, so they just hang out on the square. This would eliminate that problem um and ha- have a place for them to go. Sure. And, and then sure we'll have a we'll have agreements with deal you know with other community groups and stuff too but it'll be open to anyone sure and in terms of monetizing a space like that would you have like a membership to get in is it open to the public how Um, would you guys make money from it you know right now it's looking at like in a la carte you can come in and just pay or a membership again the thing with that is we've got to monetize it some but it is the passion project so as long as it's covering its own expenses it's good Sure, I think of like a YMCA type of setup. Kind of very a non- that would be that would be it's not a nonprofit, but it
1: similar concept. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, because I know like YMCA is just a community center, but they also have like, you know, play like daycare. They've got a pool. Yep. They've got a rec center, senior center, yep. all the different sporting events are run through there. So that makes more sense Yeah. That That's cool. Um, it, I mean, it sounds like a lot of your investments are in the. Polk City community, is there uh, is there a big like
0: interest in just making the community bigger, stronger, more fortified? So a lot of the development ones are, but we own, at this point, commercial from here to Quad Cities um, that we've acquired. Um, why Polk City? Um, so I've, I've done stuff outside of Polk City as well, and I still will. But There are just key pieces that are missing in town, like restaurants and stuff like that. It's going. It. I determined it was going to take something similar to the way I'm set up and structured to be able to bring it to town. Um, I don't see just you know if you were to build a building on what lease rates would cost. I don't see being able to draw, you know, any restaurants in with that. So I think it was a way to. Um, bring something to, not necessarily bigger, but something that the community needs. Sure. Well,
1: and I think from your perspective too, it sounds like you're working deals with the tenants that come in. Is that kind of a um, a draw for those people, like a, a new restaurant that doesn't have the capital to well, come in
0: or? Yeah. Well, in this, these cases, it's, it's not, um, we were doing the, the restaurant regardless. We just knew we had to find someone to partner with and run it. And the stars aligned, if you will, and he merged on it just organically, and our visions lined up. Now, that being said, the duck donuts that happened because you know we, I was looking at other stuff like a coffee shop or something like that because that's another thing you know, um, just on doing different things. Our our brokerage opened up um, the first coffee shop slash real estate office that I know of, um, anywhere. But that's that's in Waukee, right? That one's in Johnston. Johnston, okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, we were going to a coffee shop. Well, then, oh, local competitor—that's a coffee shop—opened like a half a block away. That makes no sense. So, flash forward through a series of things, the Duck Donuts. That's just my wife and I that own that. So that's not a that's not a brand outside. That's just the first location of it's, a new restaurant it, well, or a new uh, donut place. Yeah. So it, it is a franchise. Um, but it is this is the only one in Iowa? It'll be the first one in Iowa. Where Where else are they based? Um, primarily on the East Coast. They're originally out a Duck, North Carolina, so the Outer Banks. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and how did you guys come by them? Were you just looking for a donut franchise nope, to put in there? No, not at all. Um, we we were actually in the. We've been there before, but we were actually in the Outer Banks, and uh, my wife and her the ladies went to. Uh, coffee and donuts there one morning and came home and was like she's like hey do you know they franchise no i didn't a few weeks later i just looked into it and a few weeks later we owned a franchise
1: that's so crazy i know like my, my wife is a huge fan of tropical snow the shaved ice company mm-hmm. and we i mean i had never ate shaved ice and then she's like obsessed with it so every summer mm-hmm. we're going in right. ankeny or wherever and i do notice a difference in like flavor of, of the syrups or whatever and the, the texture or whatever. And she, she's looked into this heavily of like bringing a tropical snow to Polk city. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't want to impede on like the creamer or what, or whatever, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's like having just different options I think is huge. And ironically, like a franchise like that, I mean, you just get the little shed, you stick it Mm -hmm. in a parking lot
0: somewhere in a, in a business that makes sense. That that right there in a community in Polk city would be your biggest challenge. Is there they they can be a pain to deal with? Sure, finding a parking lot that would be willing to well, not that not that. I mean, if it worked out right, I'd do it in my parking lot if the city would allow it. Okay, they're they're kind of they there can be a pain like that. Sure. When well, working with community partners
1: like that, it, you have to find the right community that wants to grow right. the way you want to grow it because it's like, I know like Ankeny is a perfect example where you know I'll bought all that property and had talked it through with Mm. the city, like, Hey, we're going to turn this into this mega, um, commercialized area. And like, Mm. you have to be on board with taking out farmland. Yeah. Yeah. The the visions have to align where if he's, he's fighting with the city and the the consumers want it, but they don't do it. Right. Um, what, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to people in in Polk city, like the city council and people, what do they have a similar vision to what you want to bring to the city? And, or is it, (laughs) or is it slightly different than what you want to do?
0: Um, I think the visions may be the same, but I don't think the approaches will ever be the same. Sure, sure. So that's kind of a PC answer. But. Sure, sure. Yeah, we don't have to throw
1: anybody under the bus, but I I could understand why I can that do would that be. off camera. Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll turn those off off and talk later. But um, I, I think it does make sense though. You have to have vision alignment because I know with my wife and I moved to Polk City in 2020, mm. and our big draw was that it was just like still a small town, but knowing that there were there were things coming to make it more. Mm. So we don't have to go to Ankeny or go to Grimes to get things. We can we yeah. can benefit directly. In I mean, town. It,
0: it'll, that'll still happen. I mean, when I moved to town, there wasn't a grocery store. You know, the pharmacy had just moved out. No, a new one had opened, but then it has since moved out. Um, it's it's changed a lot since I moved there. So, and the thing is, is even as it grows, it still has a small feel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our our big thing. You mentioned earlier. The the football team's a four A now. I yeah. didn't realize that. I thought the whole everything in the school system was like a two A. So
0: no, actually we're we're I don't know anything about any sports other than what my kid plays. But so we're four A for football. This is the first year for that. Wrestling we were two A. Now we're three A. We were on the cusp of going back to two A this year, but I heard we're going to be three A. Okay. So yeah, no, it's it's we're the largest consolidated school district in the state of Iowa.
1: Okay, and that's the the geography wise, like size of the district.
0: Well, the the fact that it's made up of a, like five smaller towns. Okay, gotcha. Is w- the consolidation part? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah,
1: because I know we're my wife and I are from Southeast Iowa, and my wife went to Central Lee, which is between three towns, it's like mm-hmm. Montrose, Argyle, and Donaldson. Right. So it's it's literally in the middle of a cornfield, like yep. drawing people that way. Well, that's what all of them in high school is. Sure. It's
0: where the football field is. Sure.
1: Yeah, because I know they have other other schools. They have two elementaries in Polk City. Uh,
0: they have an elementary and what, I don't know, they call it middle. I don't know. It's like fifth and sixth graders. Okay. And then they, from there, they go to seventh and junior high. Go, um, middle school, sorry, I said junior high there. It's middle school. Okay. <laughs> and all men. So then they have an elementary in all men and a high school in all men. Sure. That's really cool.
1: When well, I'm sure having, having kids. At school-age kids and then being involved in the community, you guys see, like you said, needs in the community that would come up. Like, oh, for sure. Oh, I would, I would want a donut shop. Let's open a donut shop. Like, mm-hmm. are there similarities between you and other um, business owners in town that do that? Because I know a couple different places on the square are owned by the same people. They're just trying to fill needs to Yeah, to help I'm, the I'm friends
0: with him, with them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's similar concept. I mean, sometimes we compete against stuff, but for the most part, it's just bringing what – if we can bring what the community needs and 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 still doing it in a way, then we're, we're making good and wise investments, we'll do it. Sure. That's really cool. Um,
1: in terms of like other people, if, if someone's – because I, I feel like you take a, a unique approach to real estate in the fact that, like you said, you have other – you know, complementary businesses, you have other things you're doing besides just real estate. How has that kind of helped you diversify your, your wealth, your income so you can focus on some of these fat passion projects and do the things that you want to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, the good part about that compared to what I did back in 2009 is everything was all centered around the same thing back then. Now there's some, even though it's still like real estate related, there's some diversification there. That if one thing's down, the other could be up and vice versa to help, you know, navigate crazy, not crazy, but unique markets like we're in right now. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, and I know in terms of like um, some of the other people we've had on, we've talked about um, purchasing businesses and and financing and all the different stuff. I've Um, done that. Yep. What would you say in terms of like using debt to help get yourself where you want to be? Obviously, in real estate and, and in business, you a lot of times people have to go and get financing or figure it out. Yeah. What would you tell somebody if they're considering using some of those different options?
0: Uh, uh, it really depends on the scenario, right? Because, like, you know, you kind of referenced uh, Dave Ramsey earlier. Phenomenal speaker. love the guy t- speaking. Um, I've seen him three times, I think. But if I were to follow his methods, I would not be where I am today, right? So... I'm more of the Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone area, right? And I can take X amount of dollars and go leverage it and buy real estate. And as long as you, one, so key things one, you you always put 20, 25% down. Two, never tie your house to anything, your personal house. You know, I know some people will be like, oh, do a heat lock. And at the end of the day, if it makes sense for you, that's great. But I would never do a HELOC on my home. If it goes upside down, you got to explain my, to your kids and your wife. Well, it's hey, more, it's, its my wife. Yeah. Um, my wife's always said, "Just don't lose the house." <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, there you go. Yeah, so that would be the main thing. There's nothing wrong with it when done, um, when done calculated. Sure, sure. Well, it's a unique perspective, I think, because so kind
1: of a little backstory on our story. My wife and I paid off. It was one hundred and sixteen thousand in a year and a half. And we didn't necessarily follow Dave Ramsey nice. to do a T, but it was the snowball method. Yeah. And we had our financial coach on, Travis Shelton. He's from Ankeny. Um, and he kind of walked us through that whole process. But he's also from the real estate world. He used to work as a um, broker, I think, for principal for in the commercial real estate mm-hmm. for many years and left his career to to teach young adults how to manage their money. And it's unique because, again, I, I'm i of the mindset if, if I can get value from somebody, like you said, if they're a speaker or – if I can pull things I don't have to agree with someone one hundred and ten percent to listen to what they have to say. If I can pull nuggets or things. Oh, for sure.
0: I think that's helpful just to learn different perspectives on well, it. So most definitely. I was talking to someone a week or so ago because I'm like I'm not I'm not a good reader. Like I have to listen. And if I listen, I could listen to ten hours of something of something. And of that I might get two things I actually retain. But as long as it's good, it was worth it. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well I think just the Get, using things you can
1: do, you know, if it's podcasts, if it's YouTube videos, speeches, whatever, however you absorb information, that's that's where you should go with it. But it's just all of the above, yeah. Just the I know when before my son was born, I had a lot more time to read, and I would do like a forty-five minutes of a book every day, mm-hmm. and I got through I think it was like thirteen books in a year. And then he was born. I'm like, well, there goes all my personal time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> forty-five minutes of a book a day. If I did forty-five minutes of a book, I would probably get maybe. 10 15 pages max sure just because i don't i'm a slow reader sure well there's so many distractions anymore you get your phone phone bangs kids screams dog barks no 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 so with my if i read it's in the morning when everyone else is asleep but it is still just it's not the phone or the kids or anything like that but i'm like i've got a bunch of squirrels running around up there and they're all doing different stuff so i might be thinking of one thing and then you know another pops up in my head and I just never can turn it off. Sure. No,
1: I think that's pretty consistent. I, we just interviewed um, um, Aaron Anderson, who owns Fresh Fruit Meals, and they just opened their new location in Ankeny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he just came in, and he's about my age, and they've yeah. got a couple different locations. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh, I'm working like 12 hours a day usually, but he's like, I w- if I wasn't at work, I would be at home thinking about it because he's just in that
0: growth mode. You know, he's, he's, Well, even when you're not in the growth mode, like when you, and, and when you are – entrepreneurish, you're always thinking, even if you're not in growth mode, you're always thinking of something. Like it could be a new idea or it could be a new way to revamp what you, you have. You are constantly it's 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 almost impossible to turn off. I try a lot. Sure,
1: sure. The unplugging's helpful. I know for me I used to work from home and now I, I obviously don't mm-hmm. now, but it was one of those things that's convenient, but also you just can't shut it off. Or someone right. emails you and, oh let me just go do this or let me go back to my computer. Like for me, the things that have helped unplug is the I put certain things in place. Like after a certain time, I don't check my email at home. I don't. It can wait till the next day. You know, whatever
0: kind of safeguards you got to put right. in place to keep yeah, yourself that's for sure good. Yeah, and I did when we built our house. That I don't have a home office. Occasionally, I do open my computer at the end. Of, you know, if I work from home or something. But it does get harder with the phone addictions that we all have because we all have it.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, well, especially the stereotypical real estate agent on their phone all the time. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to kick. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Especially when. Oh, for sure. And it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think to kind of wrap this all up, I think, um, if you could tell us a little bit more about kind of your pointed advice for people that are wanting to get into a new business venture Mm -hmm. or take yourself back to when you were doing the, going through bankruptcy and really had your back against Mm -hmm. the wall, what advice would you give to somebody that's maybe experiencing some hardship and they just need a little push to get to the next level?
0: Um, I would say that there's, reach out to those who have been where you were at and where you want to go, talk to them, because that is extremely helpful. You're not the only one. My story is not unique. I mean, it's it it still sucked, but it's there. There are stories like that all over. Um, and as far as like you know, getting into business and stuff like that. Again, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like, if you're working at a business, make sure you understand it. If you're going to be an operator of it, make sure you know all ins and outs of it. Um, If not, just you're going to partner with someone, make sure it's a good fit. You know, you guys come together and you're going to, in in a business marriage, if you will, have your business divorce already figured out if things don't work out. But yeah, the the biggest thing is, is most people have too much pride to admit they need help. And... Whether it's owing $100,000 in taxes or whatever, they're, they're, you're not the only one that's in that scenario. Even today, I guarantee it. Sure. No, I love
1: that advice. Um, if people want to learn more about you, maybe are they in the market for a house or they're wanting to check out some of the new stuff you got mm-hmm. going on in Polk City? Where can they f- learn more about you?
0: Oh, probably the easiest thing would be just to send me an email, which is my name, Torres at Remax.net. That's awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah, and we'll put a link to your website as well. Um, I think the, the commercial property that you're building in the back will be cool to mm-hmm. see more more restaurants come to town, more office space for people, and excited to see all the other stuff you're doing in town. So yep. thanks so much for being on the pod and and sharing your wisdom with us. So. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming in, guys. My name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd, and you're listening to the Rhymes with Odd podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.